Congratulations, your visa has been approved. Welcome to Beyond the Passport. Fasten your seatbelts as we journey together around the world. So when the pandemic hit, I was struggling on where to go. It's literally, my whole identity was travel. Like my friends, <laughs> my families, if you follow me on Instagram and Facebook, you know that my whole identity is to travel. Mm-hmm. And that was the... The struggle when the pandemic came, every single border, at least almost every single border is closed. Close. In fact, I tried my best to travel. When the pandemic started, uh, I was able to chip in maybe 15 countries uh, when <laughs> when the pandemic started. So I was able to go to Cuba. We were we were in India right before the oh, pandemic. Yeah, Remember yeah, that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, we went, I went, I went to South Korea too, visited there. I went to Cuba, went to the US on the height of COVID. I went to Tanzania. I went to Zambia. I went to all these places okay. that has a little uh, restriction. And then when the pandemic really, really hit, everything was closed. Mm-hmm. So I was in the Philippines. I was stuck there. I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Really struggled with the direction of my life. Because now I couldn't travel. Should I go back being a pastor again? Should I? What do I do? I'm so confused. And I don't know, what were you doing during that time? Were you editing? No, because, um, yeah, you, you said we were in India, start of the year. Ah, okay. And then... And you also left I your think, job going jo- yeah, yeah, just, 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 Just start of the year, I left my job, and then we went to India, and then we had a whole year of uh, filming mm. all, all over the world. Planned. Yes, yes. And then the pandemic hit, and just everything was canceled. <laughs> I was like, I'm really sad. I was like, I don't know, like may- maybe most of you guys... This was the one of the first times in my life that things are just uncertain. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was starting, it was uncertain, but it's like I have options. This time we're like, oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah. So I went home, spent some time with my family, start to it was one of the first times in my life that I actually have a schedule. I wake up, I have <laughs> I work out. You know, I was like the most physically fit time of my life. You bought because, a bike. Yeah. And um I got into a relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hold up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> got a relationship because of finally... This was in uh, Loma Linda. This was way before I went home. I was in Loma Linda. started to stay for like seven months. I was able mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. To, to finally got into a relationship okay. after a long time. Because, the, you know, just a little background. <laughs> it was not public at all. Yeah, this is not public. <laughs> but, you know, podcast, if you're listening. <laughs> I you went, were stuck in the U.S. I was stuck in the U.S. was able to find... Uh, I was in a relationship because mm-hmm. the whole time I wasn't able to find... To be in a relationship because I'm always traveling. Mm-hmm. Very itinerant. Imagine being in 50 countries the past four or five years. Mm-hmm. And like, who wants to be with you? <laughs> <laughs> Every like, And so when after a year or so, or after seven months, I went to Turkey. Mm-hmm. I went to all these places... And then my relationship just went crashing down just because oh. I traveled too much. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, sad. But anyways, I don't know why I wanted the relationship thing. But, oh, yeah, because we're starting. You that. don't know? Yeah. <laughs> um, after a year, I was stuck in the house. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love again. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> fell in love. <laughs> And this lady, she's from After the U.S. One relationship, fall in love again. Yeah, it's whew, the process. <laughs> <laughs> After a year or so, more than after a year or so, I met a girl mm-hmm. and fell in love. Okay. And then just 
really like <laughs> I just want to like, process <laughs> yeah how did that, how that Jasper happens. fell in love yeah like, really like into this girl and mm. then decided to go to the US to meet this okay. person finally just to be clear the girl is in the US in the, she's in the US okay. and it's like an online thing mm-hmm. it's, it, I believe it's called 90 day fiance I'm joking <laughs> it's not that <laughs> um, um, so decided to go there then as soon as I got into the US I was stopped by the immigration. Mm-hmm. I had a little long hair then. Mm-hmm. And I told them, what do you, they, they told me, what do you do? I was like, oh, I'm a pastor. I travel a lot. <laughs> They're like, oh, how do you afford to travel in 50 countries for the past three years? You, your passport has been stamped all over. <laughs> how do you, who supports you? And I was like, uh, well, you know, it's complicated. You know, um, I travel and People I get invited to you. speak. People pay for me and all that kind of uh, jazz. And they're like, well, that you know, they give us give us names, give us names, and then they were trying to point out why I went to Turkey, why I went to Malaysia, Indonesia, mm-hmm. all these Muslim countries. There's even one. I was passed around fifteen different immigration officers. I was counting 15, ten to fifteen, a lot. Mm-hmm. I might be exaggerating with the fifteen, <laughs> a lot of people, more than ten. And so I was interviewed by a bunch of people telling me you. Technically, what they're telling me is you look poor. You shouldn't be able to travel. <laughs> you do not that, look like a pastor at all. Yeah, you don't look like a pastor at all. You have, lo- you have long hair and all that. And why do you go to all these Muslim countries? Mm-hmm. And they were even asking me why I went to Basilan or Tawi-Tawi or Holo mm-hmm. or Sulu. And all these places are like famous for for but extremes. How they know you went to all these places in the Philippines? Because they were asking me questions. Oh, okay, so like, okay. did you go to Basilan? Did, oh, go, okay. did you go to Tawi-Tawi? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of extremists there. That's what they're, the statement mm-hmm. was. It's like, yeah, I went there. I was mm-hmm. like, I, I was do a lot of ministry there. Mm-hmm. do humanitarian work. And I was telling them, dude, my, my uncle is like, during that time, is the general of the Philippines. During mm-hmm. this time, you can, you can call them, yeah, I'm not a terrorist. You know, but they're, they keep insisting that I yeah. should not be able to travel, mm-hmm. you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I can provide for myself. And I couldn't blame them. I look poor. <laughs> Which, you know, probably thank you for making it known to everyone. <laughs> they were listening to me, like a bunch of officers. So anyways, got, got in there. Dude, imagine, you know, my heart is beating so fast. Mm-hmm. They told me, hey, you should stay here and all that kind of stuff. So I got stuck there for like 24 hours. And then after like 10 hours of interrogation, they told me, we won't let you go. Okay. They actually gave me an option, right? Mm-hmm. They gave, I might be in trouble with telling you guys this, but they gave me an option. They said, okay, you fight this or if you lose, we'll ban you from coming to the U.S. for 10 years. Over 10, 10 years. years. Okay. Not for life. Yeah, not for life. And I was like, okay, what's the other option? You accept the verdict. And you sign a waiver that you accept this, then you go home. Okay. And then you can reapply. And then you can reapply when you get home. They were like, oh, you can reapply and all that kind of stuff. Dude, I was like, okay, just let me go just home. Let. You know, and, and I remember this guy, I forgot his name, but he's the immigration officer, look Hispanic, uh, and he told me, okay, um, this I'm not allowed to do this, but I'll give you a hotspot. So he gave me a hotspot. They sent a message to this girl. It's like, dude, I'm sorry. You know, I would love to meet you, but unfortunately, oh, I won't be able to go there and, and see you. And this, it's not just about this girl, by the way. I also have like a project there okay, in the okay. US. So I just. But it's mostly. It's mostly because <laughs> of her. 
<laughs> so if you're listening to this, <laughs> anyways, we're we're gonna. I'm 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 rushing through passing this girl already. Okay, so after that, I went home there, and, and I remember being put in a room filled with with a bunch of people with handcuffs. You know, and I was like, man, I feel like a criminal, mm-hmm. you know, and I really, f- and I was ex- escorted. This guy was testing me from really a pastor. So he was <laughs> dropping me any Bible verses. And he was like, okay, if you're a pastor, what's second Corinthians chapter two, verse 17. And I'm like, well, I don't have a Bible with me. I was like, well, I thought you were a pastor, dude. I don't memorize the Bible. <laughs> but he was like testing me if I'm really a pastor. And I remember that. But, you know, props to the U.S. immigration. They were like asking me, what what food do you prefer? I was like, what do you have? They gave me a menu. And so you were well fed. I'm a, I'm a vegan, a vegetarian. Well fed. So thank you. Thank you, immigration, even though you treated me like a, <laughs> like a, criminal. Like a criminal. But thank you for feeding me. So... I was sent home. I was brought to this to the airplane with with an escort. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that? I was escorted by two immigration buff officers, big wow. ones, and they were at, they were like, "Oh, so what's wrong with you?" I was like, "Yeah." It's like this is what I do. You know, I can follow me on Instagram, dude. It's my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, so I brought the the Japan Airlines, and they were sent back home. I, I remember okay. very very sad seeing San Francisco. <laughs> like flying out of San Francisco, seeing it from the window, and I'm like, <sighs> man, it must oh, be man. the longest flight home. Yeah, that was like, cause all you did the whole year is like, and, and this is just a little advice, and I'm not supposed to be in this situation giving you advice if you're single. <laughs> if you like someone, just go meet that person, or else if you just fall in love through messages, you start castle building, <laughs> and you like have this expectation that this person is and all that. And as soon as you as that plan gets stopped, you get heartbroken because oh you have all these plans already. You're like oh this is person this and that I would have done this, but no, man this this podcast has gone. <laughs> Hey, why? <laughs> <laughs> Whoever you are, miss. <laughs> You're beautiful. Me. It's not. It's not you. It's, it's not Jasper. You. It's, it's me. So, yeah. Anyways, I was there. I remember in the air, airplane, man. That was the longest sixteen-hour flight mm-hmm. of my life. And be, they didn't even give me my phone. I was not allowed to have my phone the whole time. They only gave it when I was in the Philippines. So I was like, dude. And I was really struggling with the course of my life because all I do is travel. And now I couldn't travel. Mm-hmm. It's like a Filipino being, rice is taken away from that person. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and all of a sudden, now I couldn't do anything. And I'm so like, you were sent back home. I was sent back home. And I'm just, you know, like chilling there in the airplane. I didn't know what to do. And I was welcomed there in the Philippines by immigration. I was like, why? Dude, your passport is so full. Why did they, you know? Mm-hmm. But apparently, it's a lot of Filipinos were sent back home during okay, COVID. Okay. It's, it's wild. So anyways, I was heartbroken. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to do. And then I went back to my parents' house and chilled there. Okay. I built a community. It helped me a lot. But then... I did struggle with a lot of depression. Mm-hmm. I really struggled with a lot of depression for months. Because your whole identity was yeah. like traveling, yes. at least to the to the world. To the world. Yeah. And so and also that's kinda where I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. I thrive. Mm-hmm. And now it's taken away from me. And maybe many of you guys have been in that situation too where you feel like your hands are tied and you you know, the things that you want to do you can't do. Mm-hmm. 
it, I felt that. And I really struggled with my mental health during that time. And I felt like I want to quit ministry. I want to quit doing things that, that I want to do and just let go of things. I don't want to mm-hmm. do this anymore. And then a friend of mine, okay. um, Jenica Dizon, shout, shout out, out to um, the boss girl, <laughs> uh, Jenica Dizon. She has a ministry. A ministry. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, Jenica, the ministry. No, she's a Jenica country director. Yeah, she's yeah. a country director for an organization called Ways, Ways for Water. Water. Ways for Water is such an amazing uh, uh, organization technically what they do is they go to the remote areas and they have uh emergency uh, response team mm-hmm. also when there's calamities they go to all these places and they give and provide water, water filters. filters and give access to filipinos mm-hmm. who don't have access to clean, clean water. water do you know that one out of 10 filipinos that right i have no idea something like that that's statistics lot, one yeah. out of 10 of filipinos don't have access to clean water. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people. Yeah. And most of the, the diseases and the sicknesses of the kids, yeah. etc., of the people yeah. are mostly due to unclean water. Unclean water, yeah. Typhoid and, you know, um, amoebas and mm-hmm. all that good stuff and, and parasites in the in the body. But anyways, he said, she said, hey, Jasper, we'll give you free tickets. Come join us to Palawan. Palawan is an amazing mm-hmm. place if you don't have any... If you have an internet right now, Google Palawan or El Nido. Oh, pa- paradise. Paradise. Beautiful, beautiful place. One of my favorite islands in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So we, we flew there and the whole idea is to go follow boss boss girl mm-hmm. Janica. Just film her um, on her travels around um, the, the, island. the islands. Which is amazing because yeah. what they do is they go to the community, the community mm-hmm. and they teach them how to use the filters. Yeah. And then they, they, they use dirty water. Yeah. Put it through the filter it's and then they drink it themselves. Yeah, yeah. So and we then, show them how yeah. the filter works. Yes. And so we would go to Quezon to, I don't know where, we, where else we went, but mm-hmm. we went to Quezon mainly and we went give water filters. Mm-hmm. And yeah, went around. Amazing experience. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And right after like a week of staying there, I texted my friend, Pilot Daniel. Pilot Daniel is a paramedic and a helicopter pilot mm-hmm. down south Brooks Point, Palawan. And he's wor- he works with an organization called PAMAS, Philippine Adventist Medical Aviation Services. And he has a helicopter. What they do is they have air ambulance. Mm-hmm. An air ambulance is technically, well, in the Philippines, we don't really have an air ambulance, maybe in Manila. In remote areas, we don't have air ambulances. And so mm-hmm. what they do is they go to remote islands, they use the helicopter or a small airplane, pick up patient, bring them to the hospital. That's the fastest way. If mm-hmm. they don't have air ambulances, it's very it's a long trip. For example, okay. the nearest island is like, it's a very long mm-hmm. five-hour boat ride. Yeah. Sometimes it can get up to two days. Yeah, they won't survive the trip. They won't survive the trip yeah. without air ambulances. Mm-hmm. We'll probably talk more about mm-hmm. that in another episode or podcast. But anyways, what happened was when I was with Daniel, I texted him six years ago. I was with him too, doing medical evacs, filming him. But I want to give, because when I was start was just starting, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> you sucked. <laughs> I sucked. I still suck a little bit. Somehow, but, you know, I we still do. I, the good kind of stuff. <laughs> so I told Daniel, hey, I'm coming back. Maybe we can revise a story about uh-huh. you, you know, make a better story. Um, and then he said, okay, sure. And I told mm-hmm. him, uh, maybe I'll be there for like four days. Mm-hmm. I, this, I don't need to, to stay long. And so went back, 
uh, to Palawan, met my brother Daniel, mm-hmm. and we started flying around. Then he has a helicopter, and mainly his work is in the mountains, doing medical evacs, mm-hmm. rescuing people up in the mountains yeah. of Brooks Point, Palawan. He's doing it voluntarily, yes. and he's working mainly with the indigenous people called the Palawans mm-hmm. in the highlands of Palawan. And when you talk about highlands, I'm talking about like really remote jungles, mm-hmm. right? And if you're sick up in the jungles, if you don't have a helicopter, most of the time you'll just die along the way. The nearest hospital can go up to four or five hour hike, mm-hmm. sometimes up to 16 to 20 hour hike, depending on where you are. So these are very far. So a helicopter makes everything easy. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Daniel was telling me about one hour in the helicopters. like it's one minute. One one minute in the helicopter. No, one hour hike, hike is, is one, one minute, minute in the helicopter. helicopter. And yeah. so, yeah, maybe you can have Daniel as a guest soon. Yeah. But Next anyways, went, went with Daniel. We went medical evacs. Uh, I remember <sighs> first time I got a I got a pregnant lady who's been been suffering for for days already. Mm-hmm. And the, the baby's been like she's been labor, but the baby won't go out, mm-hmm. and they won't call us because I if I can recall clearly, I think they're afraid of COVID. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. they don't want to go to the hospital. Okay, okay. And so we were telling them, hey, do this and that. And we were texting them that we we will do it for free. C- come on, you let us go mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and pick you up. But they won't let us. And so they sometimes they resort to witchcraft mm-hmm, and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, and so we went there. We flew. It's a, a, an hour trip to Balabang okay. Islands. As soon as we got there, this lady's in labor, dude. She was like screaming. I've oh, never no. seen anything like it. And we in the chopper. In no, the air. Before, oh, before we arrived. Okay. And we brought her to chopper, mm-hmm. the chopper, and she was in she started to give birth. Okay. Literally. And she this lady started crying and all that. And this this lady, I don't know if she's med midwife, but we didn't have a nurse because the nurse was so busy doing other things too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, attending with other patients. And this is one of the problems too up in in down south. We don't have manpower. So if you're a nurse, if you're listening to this, maybe you can volunteer. <laughs> Anyways, we went there. Uh, we were flying and this lady started to give birth. Okay. Started going into Man, labor. I got so scared. Oh, no. The head was out already. You saw it? Yeah, I I was there. Oh, you were filming. Yeah, I was filming the whole time. And I was recording. And, and Daniel, I was telling Dan, 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 come on, let's go, dude. Like, And Daniel was like, dude, this is the fastest this chopper could go, man. You know, tell them to hold on. And this lady was 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 the the, the lady helping with the labor. Mm-hmm. And the husband is on the side, too. They're pushing the stomach. Yeah. And then, and I was like, I don't know what to do. I never have any back. I was just here to apparently just rescue the mm-hmm. woman. But I was so scared. And I was telling Dan, 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 let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And Daniel was like, bro, this ETA, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. Oh, no. But the baby's out over the head. And I think the baby choked because it was not crying. I didn't hear the baby cry. And it was mm-hmm. very sad. The baby died in the helicopter. Oh, man. Yeah. And, and I was telling Dan, Dan, I was like, Dan, I'm not going to do this again. This is, <laughs> it traumatized me. Yeah. Um. Because I, I edited the video for Daniel and uh-huh. you were taking videos, so I see the thumbnails, but I uh-huh. never touched the video because yeah. I, I don't want to watch it. Yeah, until now I didn't recall. Like, uh, man, I'm, it was it was really devastating my part because I've never seen, like, maybe I've never seen death, you know, and especially in a helicopter. Mm-hmm. 
And so, props for Daniel, man. Daniel was like a like the strong, the strong dude that could handle. It. Well, he is paramedic. He's he's yeah. he sees a lot of these things. But man, I've we flew around the jungles. We've rescued, helped rescue a lot of people to the hospital. Um, he would tell me stories about people being attacked by crocs, and he would bring them back to the hospital. Some some people went dynamite sh- uh, fishing, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the dynamite explodes in their hands, and all that stuff, nasty stuff. So he would do this on a daily, and he was not he's not paid. He's mm-hmm. doing this as a volunteer. So can you imagine that, like helicopter pilot, and he's doing it one hundred percent for free. And I think pilots are like one of the most highly paid. Yeah. Yeah, people in the world. Yeah, and his wife is a doctor, and they chose to live mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. to help with medical evacs. So it's it's amazing. And besides doing medical evacs, he also transports. We have jungle schools. Mm-hmm. Pamas has built three jungle schools around during that time. And so what we do is that we would we would bring supplies to the jungle schools because the jungle schools are very far. So we bring teachers mm-hmm. or supplies. We also do medical clinics. We would invite our friends, the doctors, to come over. And we would do medical clinics in different villages around the jungles. And so that was the, the work. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. We would go around and we'd help out. And so when I was there, the plan was only for four yeah. days. And man, the stories are amazingly extraordinary. Because <laughs> I am supposed to, I was supposed to process a paper to go to the U.S. Uh-huh, uh-huh, I was considering uh-huh. going back going as back. a pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone has called me to be a pastor in San Diego during that time. So I was struggling and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stay here. You know, it was, it's beautiful. So I, I get to see this work, the teachers, and all that stuff. So going flying around. You were able to listen to the... People's stories. Yeah, people's stories, you know? live with them. Yeah, live with them. Not just, not just seeing them from afar, but actually just listening to the stories mm-hmm. and seeing them. And, and meeting them where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And so I decided to stay by. That four days so five, or, or one week... Turned into seven months. <laughs> Stayed in, the, in in Palawan for seven months, living out with Daniel, also sometimes in the jungles. So that seven months was one of the most amazing time yeah, of I my can life. Imagine. Yeah, it's beautiful. You went there. Yeah, we, I went we brought there. you there beautiful a few weeks place. ago. Yeah, and so when I was there, uh, we were flying around doing supplies. Mm-hmm. We 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 partnered with AFM. Uh, organization Adventist Frontier Mission, and one of the AFM teachers, her name is Teacher Jillin. Okay. Teacher Jillin is a teacher up in the jungles of Palawan, very far, and her jungle school is probably like a nine-hour hike from the nearest other jungle school, very far. And we brought supplies, we gave gifts to the kids, and Daniel dropped us there. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with the kids that I decided to stay by. I told Daniel, Dan, you know, can you stay by for a few days there, pick us up later? And so we stayed by there and we filmed, we just lived with locals. I met a girl, her name is Sarana. She's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. She's so cute. I want to adopt this girl. And so I was just really inspired by teacher Jillian. I, she she built a school there, a small, like a makeshift school. Yeah, it's beautiful when I, I haven't met teacher Jillian, but I see the videos and the, when I edit it, I always, I, I like the school because uh-huh. her backdrop is the mountains. It's the mountains, <laughs> yeah, the mountains. And the backdrop is this beautiful highlands of mm-hmm. the Philippines, including the ocean in mm-hmm, the back. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And the kids will go to school there, yeah. classes. And it's just a small school. And 
just to give you a little idea, the reason why teachers there in the mountains built schools is because kids are growing up without any education. Mm-hmm. Um, kids are getting married at the age of 10, 11, 12, mm-hmm. 13, 14. Very young age. So you go around the jungles, you see girls age 14 with two kids. You know, very young. Mm-hmm. Uh, dowry is still really big when we call when we say dowry. It's like if I have a daughter and you want to marry my daughter, mm-hmm. you need to. I, I need to request you something in return, like cows mm-hmm. or or rice. chickens or money or, or rice, whatever it is. It's like a business. So so sometimes it, that happens, or not sometimes. Most mm-hmm. of the time that happens, and so. Education is really one of the key to counter that side mm-hmm. of the culture, you know, in order for us to counter that. And so Jillian is, has been inspired after her school. She said, I'm going to stay by here. And by the way, just a little background. Teacher Jillian is adopted by American missionaries mm-hmm. from, so, from, I think they're from Tennessee or uh-huh. from Georgia. And so she's American. She's American citizen. citizen. She's yeah. American citizen. But instead of going to America and stay there and have her citizenship mm-hmm. with a lot of benefits being American... She's holding American passport, but decided to live up in the jungles. Decided to live in the jungles, leave that life, and live with the locals. And that, for me, was super inspiring. Man, this lady is a hero. It's like, man, imagine living up in the the remotest part just to serve people. It's amazing. It's so inspiring. And so I was so inspired by this, by by Teacher Jill, and I asked her, Teacher, can I stay here for a night? Maybe I could, you know, live with the locals. I remember... Uh, uh, three of us. It was um, Kuya Jason and Iris, whatever. Our dentist came. Mm-hmm. We stayed by there. And we didn't have any food. And so we we told the kids, hey, we have a set of money, you know, like $20, mm-hmm. um, like 1,000 pesos. Find us chicken. And so they, they went chicken hunting. <laughs> <laughs> and we fed the whole community with oh, like wow. 10 chickens <laughs> for 20 bucks. <laughs> and so... Yeah, we, it was fun. We were vegetarians, but you know, that time we were just living with locals. Yeah. It's amazing up there in the mountains too. Like when we went there, mm-hmm. um, in the jungle school. Yeah, and then, you know, if you ask for food, mm-hmm. they would just give you food. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, yeah. like, hey, do you have like bamboo shoot, uh-huh. like coconuts, uh, coconuts, everything? And if you if you offer money to mm. pay them, they don't even yeah. want to accept it. Yeah, when we were there, we were eating together. Part of the Palawan culture is really eating communally. Mm-hmm. It's a community eat. And that's one thing I really like about the Palawan culture. You don't just eat by yourself. You need to share it to others. And you see, you eat together. And so we would have this leaf with rice and mm-hmm. vegetables. And we would sit down with them and eat just with eating. them. Yeah, yeah. And with, with our hands. And that's just part of the culture. And so when I was there, I asked Teacher Jillian. I said, Teacher Jillian, what do you guys need here? I said, can I, can I guess help you? Can I, can I help you guys? And said, oh, yeah, we were helping build the school. If you guys can give us a sack of rice, maybe that would help mm-hmm. us pay them. Because they don't pay money. They pay by rice. So the, the, the people helping build the school, they, they pay it by rice. And also, they also need rice for food. And so I opened it up in my Instagram. I have a really decent following during that time. Decent is a, <laughs> an understatement. It's really bad. <laughs> I think you were uh, around 10,000 followers no, not, in Instagram. Not, no? not even. Not it's even. Maybe yeah. five or okay. six. <laughs> so really low ca- following. Really low when we were starting. And so I asked my, my Instagram followers and they said, hey, you guys wanted to help Teacher Jillian mm-hmm. with rice. And I, I, I posted it on Instagram the next day, 24 hours. 
we've received like five thousand dollars, right? Two thousand, two hundred fifty thousand dollars of pesos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was shocked. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it, man. And, and and I was just filming stories and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. just living with locals. But people responded. Yeah. And they said we wanted to help. We want to help Teacher Jill, and we're so inspired by her story. And so we went back to town. I told Daniel, Dan, we have this, you know? And that donation did not only feed the community we teach Jill. We went to the shop. We went to buy slippers, blankets. We went to buy food for the kids. We went to buy bags for the Mm -hmm. kids, for the community. And then we were able to also fuel Pilot Daniel's helicopter for a few months. And not only that, we were not only able to serve Teacher Jilla's community, but we're also able to serve 14 different jungle villages around the community because of that donation. It's always been our passion to give a voice to those, yeah. you know, to those who don't have a voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stories out there that don't get exposure in social yeah. media. Mm-hmm. And in social media, there's a lot of things that go viral that, Half naked girls yeah. dancing, <laughs> things that yeah. don't even you yeah. know. But just putting this out there, I yeah. think a lot of people still relate to it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, you know, they're drawn are, to empathy. They're drawn to it. Yeah, yeah, drawn to empathy. I think that's what it is. And I think I grew up in a church system where I was told that social media is evil, and mm-hmm. I should, you know, and I would say this: when social media was starting. We always hear pastors or church members will always tell you, that's bad. Don't mm-hmm. do that. It's a waste of time and all that kind of stuff. It, there's merits to that. Mm-hmm. I think it's, sometimes it can be a waste of time, most of the time yeah. even. But instead of, instead of cursing the darkness, I think we should light a candle. And I'm sure you can use social media for God. And, mm-hmm. and this is one of the, 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 the things that we could, we could do. And so we decided instead of... Man, you know, you guys can help. Come help us. And they responded. Mm -hmm. And we were able to bring bags. We have a whole load of uh, helicopter load of bags, of supplies, of of rice, and sacks and sacks of rice for Teacher Mm -hmm. Jillian. It was amazing. Just a few weeks. Yeah, just a few days. And we're able to feed the community, to help out with the community, to help out with the school, with the bags of the kids, and the paper, and all that kind of stuff. It it was an amazing sight to see. It was so inspiring. But it's time to level up. Mm-hmm. Sitting down there and it's like, man, okay. I want to use this momentum. We were in that momentum stage, right? We're like <laughs> having this amazing project. And so I posted this on my Instagram. I said, look, this might be a long shot, but how would it look like if there is a social media funded jungle school? How will that even look like? I don't know. I've never seen anything like it or hear anything like this before. But maybe let's try. And so we posted it on Instagram. And I put a GoFundMe account. Said, let's try. $10,000. I was first told that it's only going to be ten thousand, like a million pesos. to Or 500,000. No, 10,000. Yeah. 500,000 pesos to build a school. But that's that's wrong. <laughs> it took us like 1.2 million. But anyways, we posted it on Instagram and it said, any one of you guys want to donate? This is a GoFundMe uh, uh, mm-hmm. link. Click the link. Donate. And in a matter of 24 hours, 
You reached the goal. We've reached the goal. I think yeah. two three days or three days. Yeah. I'm not sure, but we yeah, reached the goal. I remember this because we were supposed to make a vlog about it. Yeah. And then you made the vlog. It was supposed to be an appeal to raise funds. Yeah. But instead of it being an appeal. It's it a thank you video. Yeah, it was a thank you video. Yeah, because because we we reached a goal way before we made a vlog. It's uh, Now it's $10,000, 100% funded by, by, by Instagram. And... And we didn't have the school yet during that time, but some of the teachers were visiting this school, uh, this community called Bayog. And that community wanted to have a school. Mm -hmm. we, were, we visited them and they told us they wanted a school. So it's not just, it's not like, oh, we want to build we you a school. We want to build you a school. It is them who mm -hmm. wants a school. And I think... I think many of us in the church have this, and, and by the way, I always refer to the church here, so uh, pardon me. But I grew up in a system because I'm a pastor. We're, we grew up in a culture where we're always just considering people as projects. You know, what can we do to baptize mm -hmm, these people, mm -hmm. to bring them to church? <laughs> so we're always in the community or for the right. community, but we're never with the community. And so... We always try to decide what people need, mm -hmm. and we're almost like the Greek gods. You need a book. <laughs> yeah, we're Greek gods <laughs> in the in a ivory tower looking down. You're like, oh, what do they need? Oh, okay, they need a book. Let's go give them a book. Oh, they need a a seminar. Let's give them a seminar. We decide on what people mm -hmm. need, but when you're with the community, you see them. Mm -hmm. And you start to realize, oh, yes, they need food. Oh, yes, they need clothes. But what they really need is education. That's, at least for my experience, yeah. that was, because, yeah, we give food, we give this and that. That, that was cool and all. It, it was a blessing for the people. But the number one thing that they, they really need, they were asking for, is education. And if we did not live with locals and stay with them, I think we would just given them books or food. Yeah. But what they really need is education. Yeah, because we were talking about earlier the problems that you saw living with them. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. the early child marriage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think some of the kids didn't want to go to school because uh, when they go to the schools school. in the lowlands, yeah. uh, they were bullied. Yeah, they were bullied. I remember talking to some of the kids, man, and they were telling me about how like, I don't want to go to Dep Ed. They call it Dep Ed, mm -hmm. the schools. I don't want to go to Dep Ed because we get bullied. We were told we're smelly. We're, we're told that that we are so primitive that we only eat mm -hmm. in the floor with leaves. That really broke my heart because I always hear teachers tell me this, that they're bullied. But to hear kids, to hear a 10-year-old saying these things mm -hmm. to you, they don't want to go to school because they're bullied, it's just hurts you yeah. and there's that gap between the lowlanders and the highlanders and the highlanders are getting discriminated for for being uneducated mm -hmm. and that that really broke my heart and i'm like man there needs to be something here and yes i could give you food i could give you clothes but at that time my feeling was man i want to bring dignity back and power back to these kids I wanted this, you know? And so I and was they, so they wanted it too. They wanted yeah. it. They wanted it for their kids, mm -hmm. man. And so when I've heard that there's this community called Biog wanted to have a school, we then fundraise. Mm -hmm. And we then like 
push this in social media and we met our goal. We even doubled our goal. Yeah, yeah we doubled our goal in social media and we start building this school. We live with the community and the locals were there. They were helping, you know. Yeah. Perhaps they offer, land, they you know? offer their land. They offer the land. Yeah. By the way, we, not any, we, buy, we didn't buy any land. Mm -hmm. It was the local uh, uncle who came up and said, hey, this is a piece of land and it was ri a rice field. And they said, we want to give it to you, this piece of land. And, and that really just a testament of how much these people want this school. And they, they help out with the cutting of wood. They help out with, with uh, the cement. Uh, Pilot Daniel airlifted yeah. almost any, yeah. everything. That's why this <laughs> school roof. is very expensive. <laughs> yeah, the roof, everything. It was all airlifted. And so I was able to stay there the whole time. Mm -hmm. Not the whole time because I always go to, yeah. to uh, Medivax with Daniel yeah. also. But I was able to live with the locals, just eat with them, you know, see the stars. It was amazing. Oh, now I'm starting to miss the jungle school. <laughs> but just, yeah, mingling with people. And they're no long, it's no longer we versus them. Or they're no longer, they're no longer become the other. Mm -hmm. Or th them. They're now us. Yes, yeah. Or they're, it's no longer they're having literacy problem. It's now we, we are, are having, having literacy problem. Yeah, it's it's always, no longer yeah. child marriage problem. They have problems with child marriages. It's now this is our problem. And we're, we, we are all in this together. Isn't that a song? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's a song. And it always <laughs> makes me smile when, when you know, you, you post every now and then, like, people always ask you where home is for you. Yeah. And then that's home for you. Yeah, them. yeah. I've never, for years, I don't know where home is. But that, the jungle school is my home. So we started to build the school. And I just want to give a special shout out. And I, I can't emphasize them enough. The carpenters. The carpenters are the real heroes here. The carpenters and the teachers. This place is so remote that no carpenter is willing to live there. But a shout out to Uncle Pishong for leading this man. And his team. And his team. And they're, they're sleeping there. Imagine at first, there's no tarp. Mm -hmm. not, uh, there's no roof. No so roof, it's just yeah. tarp. And they would live there under the stars. And they, we just prayed it won't rain. You know, and they would build a school. In, they're so industrious. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, I'm just so happy that we have people in the area that's willing to, to, to build a school. And some of my friends will visit and they'll tell me, oh, you should do this. Oh, you should do that. You should do this design and all that. And I'm like, bro, if you only know, there's no carpenters who will come here. I, I'm only at the mercy of these people, these guys, these people who are willing to come up here. And so I cannot impose them a design because sometimes I impose a design, they can't follow it because they have their own mindset of how a house looks like. And so that one is part of the struggle. But I'm happy that someone is willing to build a house build the school so we were able to build a, a, a teacher's quarter where the mm -hmm. teachers live we also built a, a a school for the kids and mm -hmm. it only took us three months wow. you know when Pamas was building schools it took them years mm -hmm. to, to fully establish a school because <laughs> so lack remote. of funding funding and also remoteness of the place but now because of the helicopter because of the funding we were able to finish it in just three months we were able to open it and the school opened to 120 enrollees. Wow. 120 kids. Amazing. It's so amazing because when you go there up the mountain, 
you don't see mm-hmm. their houses. Their mm-hmm. houses are all over the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, <laughs> <they> get surprised. <laughs> yeah. Kids are just pop, popping out. Yeah. It's amazing. And they, they're walking barefoot. No, there's no... Uh, we gave them shoes and slippers, but they don't want to wear it. Yeah, they're just barefoot. <laughs> yeah, and we have problems with water. Because when we were starting, without the school, we would walk just to get the shower. And we don't have toilet, so we would dig. <laughs> <laughs> now we have a toilet. Yeah, it's nice. we went there. It's, it's amazing. Like, it's it, it's going to pass for Airbnb now. Yeah, it's, it's going to pass for Airbnb. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> so we used to dig up holes. So you, you, you need to wait for the dark. And then you go to the forest and start digging. And yeah, you drop the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, man. It was very inspiring to see a school 100% funded by, by your friends media. in social media. It's so inspiring. And school opened and we're under ALS. Um, mm-hmm. It's not 100% under DepEd, but we're under ALS, which is yeah. also DepEd. Yeah, which it, means Alternative Learning, learning system. system. So it's for homeschool for dropouts. Maybe if you're a dropout, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. go there, take an exam or a quiz or whatever the module and you can go proceed to whatever grade you wanted to go. So our kids can go high school mm-hmm. and they go go elementary. In fact, uh, Amas already have how many? 32 graduates since it wow. opened. So it's really inspiring uh, that they're, they're they're proceeding to high school now. Yeah, so it's nice too because um, you're we were talking about how the school caters to the schedule of the, mm-hmm. the farming schedule yeah. of the people yeah. in the yeah. mountains. The school is special because the school the, the kids don't need to go and hike to the school. The school is brought to them. Mm-hmm. And w- the kids don't adjust to us, we adjust to the kids. That means we they have this cultural thing where the kids need to help out during the farm mm-hmm. farming season and so they could go one of the reasons why they go, go to the Dep Ed schools mm-hmm. because <clears throat> Dep Ed schools are fixed with their school uh-huh. schedules. And so they would have to miss school. Yes, they ha- would have to miss school in order for them to help out, to with, help the, out with their parents. So mm-hmm. sometimes it could go two weeks of farm mm-hmm. season or three weeks, so they would go absent, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. our idea is during their harvest season, we'll go on a holiday. Okay. So no school, okay. so the kids okay. can go. They can go, go help back their parents. And, yeah, with the parents. And, and then, then when they go back to school, they're not left behind. Yes. So that's yeah. the whole idea. So also want to give a special shout out to our teachers, um, uh, Atetata and Riza, mm-hmm. and for for really just staying up in the jungles, yeah. man. This is far. Who are also amazing cooks, by the way. They're amazing <laughs> cooks. They always yeah. cook for us. <laughs> and also, they're, they're, these people are educated. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Really good, smart yeah. people. But... I've always wondered, have you ever wondered that? Why would they? I've always asked my teachers that. Because <laughs> yeah. Pamas have four, four jungle schools now, up to coming up to five jungle schools. And we have like 11 to 12 teachers. And I've always wondered, these people are super talented. They could make money in the lowlands doing work, but they chose to be there. They chose to be there and they choose to live up in the jungles. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that? That's, that's, that's crazy. I've always thought about that. And I've always asked them, but um, you, their, their united answer to me is always they love what they do and they love the kids. That, that's just, just really wow. inspire me. You know, because you could have chose a better job. Mm-hmm. Why go to the jungles? Because yeah. of love. Nothing else. Nothing else. They chose 
the kids over comfort and pay. That's, that's just love. It's just love. Anyway, you built the school mm. and the kids in the community are happy. They're learning. They're mm-hmm. growing. They have a family, a safe place, a community. Mm. But yeah, you mentioned you you had the idea of building the school because you lived with them. Yeah. What was it that, you know, there's... Because it's kind of an impossible thing to mm. accomplish mm-hmm. alone. And, you know, you can't really just go say, I'm going to do it. Mm. So what was that something that pushed you to just say, okay, this, I just want to do this? Yeah, I love taking risks. Like, you know me, I'm like, <laughs> I love taking risks. And, and I think that the only way to really follow your dreams or to do what you love to do is just to do it. Just start. If I could I could have just gone and say, if I have money, I would have done this. But man, I will never start if I do that. So there needs to be something there that that says, let's do it. I don't mm. care if there's money or not. Let's start the idea. And so I know that might be crazy and might not be applicable to any to every situation. But for me, I know, and I've, I've, I've read verses in the Bible that says, hey, if you put the f- soles of the feet, if, the, if you put the soles of your feet in the land, the land is yours. And I'm like, man, I'm just going to start. So I put the soles of my feet in the land, and it was provided. The Lord provided it. And so for me, I just want to start. Uh, and regardless of what how people respond, at least I tried. I won't go back in my with my life asking... What if I start to build a school? What if? I just don't want to live a life filled with what ifs. I just want to try. So yeah, man. But I think because you've seen the teachers, you see all these stories of people who have sacrificed, they're, they're just life. You know, and you just want to be part of that. Yeah. And maybe, maybe them too, man. They, they went into that work with uncertainty. But because they love what they do, they're willing to take the risk for the sake of the people and the community around them. Yeah, I think it's also nice that, you know, because you put it out there in social media, mm-hmm. that it's just not you. Mm-hmm. And like, everybody's... It's a, I, I feel it. like I'm not alone. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm a part of it. Yeah. Social, social media made me feel like I'm not mm-hmm. alone. Yeah, and it's, it's such an amazing concept to be mm-hmm. part of the community. And some of these people you've never even met from different parts of the world. They're like, hey, I want to be part of that. <laughs> So, guys, thank you for trusting a random dude up in the jungles <laughs> of Palawan You're to build a school. <laughs> so, thank you so much. So, yeah, dude, just people just inspire you. And, and yeah, um, I just want to say that if you have a dream, just go do it. Just go do it, dude. Just go start. And give, your space, give yourself a space to fail. Mm-hmm. It, it's okay to fail. You, yeah, failure you, is not bad. Failure is not bad. Uh, quitting is. And so just go do it. I would rather fail knowing that I did my best doing what I love than not try at all. And uh, so here we are. We we're able to build a school. Special thanks to our friends, sponsors. Uh, I want to sh- give a shout out to National Bookstore, H&M, the people who really mm-hmm. gave products to our kids and yeah you, you go up there the kids in the mountains dress nicer than me. yeah <laughs> we're in the, uh, h&m <laughs> so our, um, the goods for teachers 
Um, I just want to give a special shout out to Karmagawa, our friends, uh, Tim. Because uh-huh. uh, now we're building a second school. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, Matt, uh, the people came and now we're in our second school. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they gave us funding. Can you imagine that? Now in our second school, in just a matter of a year, we're able to raise $100,000. That's almost 5 million or more than 5 million pesos. 100% funded, funded by, social, by social, media. social media. So I want to give a shout out to my friends who let me guest on their podcast. Slater Young, Chris Oy, <laughs> Matteo uh, Godicelli, all these friends who give me a platform that, that there's this awareness, that there's this work up in the jungles of Palawan. I also want to give a special shout out to our teachers. Just really sacrifice. This school wouldn't be school without the teachers. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they would stay up there for months without going down. down. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes there's no gas already, mm-hmm. gasul and all that. They, they would cross rivers. Yeah. The uh-uh. terrains are muddy. Just mm-hmm. um, I went up there with no gear, with flip flops, yeah. and I slipped and I just wrecked my phone. Yeah, broke your phone. I remember we were hiking. I told you to bring shoes. <laughs> so he was hiking a slip. That's his fault. <laughs> but yeah he broke his phone I remember that the, the, this terrain is not easy yeah. and kids there without the school they would they would just be um, carrying stuff for for the business of vegetables and all that and you know it's it's not easy man like um, people would sell their crops from the highlands and they sell it to the lowlands and the lowlanders would take advantage of them because mm-hmm. they don't know how to read or write and so you have this generation that is illiterate, that doesn't know how to read and write, and they're they're getting they're taking advantage of, and sometimes they sign papers that are not even for their own good. Mm-hmm. You know, we heard stories of mining companies will come to the jungles and they'll force them to sign these papers, and because they don't know how to read, and they'll tell us, "Well, we didn't know it was a mining uh, company mm-hmm. that that now our, our our land is at stake," you know, and. It's just sad, and then the school is just there to be, to be a way for their dreams to, mm-hmm. to to come through. And these kids yeah. have dreams, and in fact, if you go to the jungle schools, almost every night we I bought a TV and a generator, <laughs> yeah. and almost every night we would watch uh, BBC. <laughs> Uh, in their faces in the faces like they see a snake I'm like wow they see a polar bear I'm like whoa amazing and you see their faces just pop out and I always dream of a time where at least one of them becomes a photographer a teacher a filmmaker a storyteller that would come out of the jungles and just mm. explore the world and I always tell them there's a world beyond the jungles beyond this in fact when I come back I will bring them to a field trip because they've never been, been to, to the, the ocean. ocean. They've never seen the sea. <laughs> they've never been in this place and never s- tasted salt water. So I want to bring them to a field trip to go there to the ocean just to experience the world beyond the jungles. And imagine, I think one of the struggles there in the jungles is that they don't have reference point of what success looks like. And so they're so contented with what they have. And for them, success is just marrying at the age of 12. Yeah, having a baby at the age of 14. And that was like, oh, I'll be contented with this. Mm-hmm. But I want to give them a reference point. At least one Palawan, you know, one indigenous uh, student who come mm-hmm. out and become successful and bring an example to the community mm-hmm. around them. Yeah, it's nice too because we were um, like doing a survey for the kids and interviewing them. And you ask, 
each one of them and what do you want to be like when you grow up yeah and it's it makes me smile that like most of them would be like teacher teacher teacher, teacher. <laughs> and then every now and then pilot <laughs> teacher yes. yeah. unfortunately no photographer <laughs> it's so fun being with the kids man i remember starting i have a very long hair remember that I have a very long hair and then i was going with the kids and just mingling with them you know they're always close to me and they were, at first palawans are very shy so they were they're shy at first but you give them a candy or chocolate they come near you and all that they're always looking forward to seeing me or I look forward to seeing them. But they will never tell me. They'll tell the teachers. It's like, oh, you know, Jasper, they were so excited to see you. So I go there. And I remember one time, there's this kid. His name is Haniel. He's my favorite. Just because he reminds me of me when I was younger. When I was younger, I hated school. Haniel hated school too. <laughs> so I'm like, man, I can relate to this guy. Well, when I say hated school, is that whenever every time we have a school schooling, Haniel is always outside. He's always playing outside, and Haniel will only go back during lunchtime. And during lunchtime, <laughs> during lunchtime, he's first in line. He's always first in line. So I'm like, man, this kid is like me. So I'm so close to him. We would play together. And last time, I cut my hair. I cut my hair. Uh, the short hair as soon as it came out came back arrived i saw this kid crying just bawling it was like ah and all that i was like hugging him and i was like why are you crying and all that the next day the mother came and he was telling me this funny story he's like sir haniel si haniel akala niya bakit daw naging babae ka na naging lalaki ka na so in english she was like sir Hania was so confused. Why do you suddenly become a, a man all this time? Because of my long hair. Hania thought I was a woman. <laughs> all this time. He, he thought I was a girl. And that's why he was very close to me. Someone commented. It was like, imagine if Hania has a crush in you because you're this teacher, this guy, this girl who gives them food and, and candies and all that. Man, he was so devastated. But apparently... Last visit I have, the mother said, he's accepted you. You're, you're, he's came to peace with yeah. you. <laughs> Haniel is 2022. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was very, it's, it's, it's so much fun. These kids. But sad reality is, I'll kind of insert this one. The sad reality is, a lot of these kids are hungry. Yeah. A lot of these kids, they go to school. I remember being uh, one of the cl on classes, just sitting down and just observing the lunch boxes of these kids and some of these lunch boxes are just banana leaves mm -hmm. and they open their their the lunch box it's just rice, rice. that's it i said you only eat that it's like no it has salt sir and they're yeah. kind of proud about it they said no they has salt <laughs> it has flavor i was like what you only eat rice and salt and then i realized why most of the time in the middle of the day the kids they look lazy mm -hmm. and lethargic i realized they're, they're hungry, hungry. They, yes, they're educated, but they need nutrition. Yeah. And so I asked my friends from Child Impact International. I said, oh, dude, you, you guys got to help us. We don't have any budget for this. And so they're like, okay, we'll send you money. And so now our meals are provided. Wow. So shout out to Child Impact okay. International. The kids now can eat lunch. So yeah. can then and go, not just rice. Not just rice. <laughs> we have nutritious food. Mm -hmm. Every single day, not just one school. Now we're sponsoring Child Impact, sponsoring four different jungle schools. Thank you, Child Feeding Impact. them. Yeah, sometimes these kids would faint, don't have any food. But we realized that's what, that, that's what they need. They need nutrition. Yeah, so, yeah, man, I've, I've, my favorite place. 
the world. That we have a little waterfall, remember? Um, up in the you can swim with the swim kids. in the kids and the it has a little water slide. Ooh. I remember they would go sliding there, we'd swim with the kids, we would eat jungle snacks and the, the fruits, we'd go hiking together. It it's an amazing blessing. It, these kids are not just kids, just they're, they're family. They, you told me about this too, like uh, you want going there to the mountains and then mm-hmm. spending time with them, mm-hmm. and then their memories of you are yeah. like happy memories. Yeah, say so like um, like doing a feast with them. Yeah, and it doesn't cost much as well. Yeah, yeah dude, you could, you could feed like how many was that? Fifty people with Fif- just yeah. I I I remember, you know, spending a lot of money uh, on a date. <laughs> And I'm like, man, I can feed a lot of kids. <laughs> I sat down and spent, what, 100 bucks for 40, 50 kids? And I didn't know. I was expecting only 40 kids, but the parents came too. We went swimming. We bought fish. We bought chicken. Well, all these. So we will always make a poll. What do you guys want? Yeah. Right? Well, they always like, oh, we want ch- chicken or fish yeah. or anything that's not in the jungle. And we, we let them decide. And it's amazing. The, the, you know, I get to feed. I always make happy memories to kids. So whenever they see me, the only memory they have is like happiness. <laughs> you know, that's just, oh, this Queen Jasper is coming, Sir Jasper. So then they're happy. I always come cook them popcorn. That's their favorite yeah. thing, by the way. <laughs> if you go there, we always eat popcorn. popcorn. <laughs> yeah, I always ask them, Jolly Bee of popcorn. <laughs> popcorn! <laughs> Ice cream or popcorn? <laughs> popcorn! <laughs> Chocolate or popcorn? <laughs> popcorn. It's always popcorn. They really like popcorn, and so these kids are family. I wanna, I wanna see them grow. I wanna see them thrive. My dream is to have to just, just at least one of them. I don't mind all of them. So a friend of mine already uh, pledged that he'll sponsor anyone who wants to go to college. So oh, man, that would be so nice. So I would love to see that. It's gonna be a long ways, but our dream is to build yeah. more jungle schools and to. Just, just have these kids have a better future, not focus on just survival, but have these kids focus on their dreams. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Um, the dream is to have the jungle school as a safe haven for kids. You know, we don't talk about this, but there's a lot of abuses out there in the jungles, uh, rape. Um, I know a lot of kids that's been been abused by other people up in the jungles and no one reports this. The dream is to have the jungle school as a safe haven for these kids. I remember baby James. Um, um, there's a, a really good friend of mine, Teacher Marlin. Shout out if you're <laughs> listening to this one. Uh, teacher Marlin is one of the teachers who's oh, a sister of Teacher Jillian. And I remember Teacher Jillian find, finding out that there's a baby that was given birth by this woman who died mm-hmm. while she's in labor. And the loc- the community or the family decided to just bury the baby with the mother. Yeah, because to them it's bad luck. She's bad luck, and the father abandoned mm-hmm. baby James. In fact, baby James, his name originally was abandoned mm-hmm. in Palawan, and so I remember Jillian saw this baby. And as soon as she heard that there's a baby that was abandoned, she went there mm-hmm. and rescued this baby. And she found this baby on her, on her mother's mother, grave. Mother's grave, And she was about to be buried. She was on mother's chest. Was, mm-hmm. Baby James was crying. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And and Jillian already have three kids. <laughs> yeah. So she texted Marlon and told her, Marlon, there's a baby here. You want to go and take this baby? And Marlon immediately <laughs> yeah, she hiked. Was for, she was excited. For 10 hours. <laughs> she hiked 10 <laughs> hours to go there to the school and to meet the baby and eventually adopted that baby. And now baby James is thriving. Mm-hmm. And thank Thanks to social media and Child Impact International, baby James is provided with milk, mm-hmm. with food, and also teacher Marlin's uh, uh, school. Mm-hmm. And that's the dream for, for the school. The school, the dream is to have the school as a safe place, a haven for the kids to go to. They could be safe. They could not worry about anything. Mm-hmm. They could just focus, focus on, on achieving their, their dreams. Yeah. That's the goal. And so, thank you guys, those who supported this school. It would have not been, it would have been impossible without you guys. Thank you, to Child Impact International. If you want to know more about this, this organization, childimpact.org, if you want to visit that website. Also, the Ways for Water. Uh, follow them on Instagram. Great support. I could not mention every single person, but thank <laughs> yeah. you to PAMAS, PAMAS, the teachers, the carpenters. To Daniel. Uh, Ate Pris, <laughs> Daniel, Ate Prima, Ate Myrie, who else? Everyone, part of the, but when, Wendy and Dwayne, everyone who's involved in this, thank you so much for your support. Without you guys, this would not be possible. Also, thank you, VJ, for editing. So I'm lazy at editing. <laughs> I can't edit. So thank you, VJ, for editing all the videos and also for visiting the Jungle School. So guys, I just want to encourage you. Maybe you're like me in the beginning of this story. Don't know where to go and what to do with my life. Maybe you're torn between your passion and just to survive. Between the survival or passion. <laughs> and we're all into that situation. I'm sure that maybe maybe many of you have been in that situation before. But I remember having a conversation with my with a really good friend of mine, a good mentor, uh, Benjamin Lundquist. I never forgot what he told me. He said, Jasper, you want to know your calling in life? said, ask yourself, what breaks your heart? Because usually, what breaks your heart is what does God called you to do. And so when I was struggling and where to go, I had to ask myself that question. Jasper, what breaks your heart? It's not a girl. It's not a girl. (laughs) It's not just finding a partner. It's not, though, (coughs) I want a partner. (laughs) It's not just finding financial security or or money or, or or salary. What breaks my heart is seeing kids not going to school, getting married at a very young age, being abused, being abandoned, being abandoned, and walking hours and hours just to go to school. That broke my heart. Yeah. Being discriminated. Yeah, and and I said to myself, yeah, being discriminated, dude. That's that's like that really broke my heart. And so for me, I realized this is my calling. So today, what breaks your heart? <laughs> what breaks your heart? Look at around you and ask yourself, what breaks your heart? Because usually, and most of the time, what breaks your heart is what God has called you to do. Wow, you guys finished the whole episode. Thank you for listening and journeying with us. We have more amazing stories in this podcast. So if you have not checked them out, please do. We release one episode every Monday. Join us next time and beyond the passport. Thank you for listening. Dun, 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 dun.